0: Welcome to the brain not included podcast with your boys Hunter, Ethan, and Chris. So today, the big topics of discussion is a change of pace from what we've normally been talking about the last few times. Today we're going to venture in, venture into something a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. Talk about media, you know, like video games, TV shows, movies, et cetera, et cetera, and the things that drive us fucking nuts when we see these things in movie tv shows things of things of the like and you know with that i guess right before we get into this so we have a twitter brain not included podcast twitter you can add us at bni underscore pod if you guys want to interact with us other than that with that i'll open up the floor to anybody who wants to start this bitch off anybody okay
1: uh this is something interesting so What I'm going to do to start us off is I kind of want to address the obvious ones so we can kind of branch out and discuss things that are a little bit less things. Because, let's be honest, there's some things about media that everyone agrees are problematic and get on people's nerves. So, like, obviously, let's bring in the biggest elephant in the room, the general lack of creativity in Hollywood. There's too many sequels. There's too many remakes. Everyone agrees on that. Uh, yes, I, yeah,
0: same. Milking it, milking it's fucking annoying.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, like that—that's one of the ones I wanted to get out of the way right now because it—it it was one of the ones that when I was thinking of a list of things that I—I I didn't like about Hollywood, that was one of the things I kind of wanted to avoid. But I did actually have kind of a, a thing attached to this where I wanted to start with one of the biggest ones that I don't like. And it it does come back into a lack of creativity in Hollywood, but it's in a very specific area of films that we see, we don't see as much of now, but we used to see a lot. But generally speaking, I'm a little bit, it irritates me just the general lack of creativity from Hollywood when it comes to historical movies There is so much awesome history out there that can be pulled from. But Hollywood seems to always go back to the same settings, retelling the same stories, talking about the same bullet points, when you could do so much with the just absolute breadth of history out
0: there. You're saying you don't want to see the landing in Normandy for the 37th time?
1: Yes, well, I actually have some good examples of films that you can do cool stories with, but also kind of fit into those, you know, easy style storytelling. So one of the most obvious ones that I can think of whenever I think of awesome story that has so many things that Hollywood would love, but has absolutely never been addressed is The Defense of Castle Eater. That's spelled I-T-T-E-R. And I will admit that I'm probably butchering that pronunciation. So this was a story, all right? I mean, just listen to this. Okay, so basically, Castle Eater was this German prison that held important people, Specific, most of them from France. These were diplomats, uh, families of important people, uh sports stars, movie stars, you know, the like, right? Celebrities, diplomats, things like this, okay? So it's 1945. Germany's losing. This one major is put in charge, this German major, part of the Wehrmacht, is put in charge of this castle, right? Well, the Americans show up. It's a small group of Americans. It's just a scout. The German major surrenders. Because, I mean, the war's almost over, he just wants to go home. And basically, they're, they're trying to arrange to get these civilians out of there, when guess who shows up? The SS. And the SS has orders to kill everyone in this castle, all these important people. These are French movie stars, diplomats. Uh, Charles de Gaulle's sister is being held there, right? Right. So, basically, this small group of Americans who have one tank to their name, a German unit of Wehrmacht soldiers, which only, I think, was just a couple dozen, and these celebrities all take up arms and defend themselves from the, the SS. And this story gets even more impressive, right? You've got Charles de Gaulle's sister helping lead the people, Right? You've got a French pole vaulter who literally jumps over the fence of the castle and sprints like three miles to the American front line to go get re- uh, reinforcements. Right? There's sacrifice, there's heroic deeds, there's this awesome th- last stand where the tank literally blocked the gate with its corpse. Now, Hollywood has never, never touched this story. Right, And this is just one of many examples I could point to. Of stories that could be told that would be awesome to see on the big screen. The Battle of Tsushima, Trafalgar, right? All these cool stories, never, never been touched. And I think it's generally because Hollywood either just doesn't know of these stories or they just don't care. But that's one example that I could think of where it's like, that just ugh, gets under my skin. I mean,
0: I think. It- one of the bands that I really like, right, Sabaton, does a lot of war ballads, and um, they have a lot of songs about all different types of battles. Like, if you're just specifically wanting to talk war movies, right, um, all different types of—can't uh, think of the word—all different types of battles— Uh, war scenes, visceras, you know, all of that stuff that they... Epics. There you go. I can't... couldn't think of the word. One of the ones that sticks out in my head is the... I think the song is called Unkillable Soldiers, if I remember correctly, but I could be misremembering. Essentially, the story goes that the Russians and the german, the germans are attacking a russian fort and using mustard gas in world war 1 and the Ger, the russians that are fighting having to fight through the russian uh the german mustard gas that don't have gas masks right their fucking lungs are melting they are dying but they are marching through the fog and fighting the germans through all of the mustard gas they all of these soldiers end up dying mind you but they hold back. They push back the uh, German,
1: the German Blitzkrieg, and basically halt it. Mm-hmm. And the Germans were horrified. Yes, I believe this actually was like the the charge of the dead men or something like that. But yes, I I have yeah. heard this story. But it see that that's another example of like that's a cool story. Now I don't know if you could do a full feature length film on that. But again. The, the, there are stories out there that are so interesting, and they can tell so you know they can have good characters. in, I mean, yeah, the for... song is the attack of the dead men. My bad. Yes. Anyway, well, like I said, the uh, there, there's so many opportunities for good historical pieces. Um, I can't remember the the gentleman, but there's a there's a story. Um, this happened, I think, during the Civil War, where uh, a slave captured a ship. And used a ship that was crewed by freed slaves to like basically raid shipping and things like that. I mean, he's basically a pirate, but I mean, cool story. Mm, you don't see anything done with it, right? It's like there's all sort uh, there's all sorts of things that Hollywood can do with historical pieces, but we just see the kind of the same thing over and over again. Um, one that recently uh, movie that came out was Midway. And I thought that was an actual, like, you know, original take on the actual history. Nope, it's a remake of a film from like the 50s, and that just irritated me because I'm like, oh, not only are like, for a second there, I thought you actually tried something. No, no, you just remade a film that you had already made.
0: So I okay. mean, I, I feel like that right there could be one that that kind of drives me crazy is continual remakes, which is back to the the in creativity of Hollywood, right, and in and of itself, but the continual use of remakes drives me insane. I'm tired of seeing the same... I'm tired... I'm sorry. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man is probably one of my favorite heroes in the MCU... Not the MCU, but the Marvel universe. But I'm... this. We're on, like, the fourth iteration, or third iteration of Spider-Man, not fourth. Third iteration of Spider-Man now maybe put him to bed for a little bit
2: maybe not not to mention all the animated (laughs)
0: versions of him. yeah that's the i mean
2: it's to the the point that even hollywood recognizes the idiocracy that we have we have a movie that literally combines all three generations of spider-man which literally our generation grew up and found a way to see all three (laughs)
0: literally like
2: they're not even they're not even spaced out i mean i've seen all three versions in theater
0: correct Yeah. yeah same (laughs) <laughs> so that's my generation. My generation has grew up with three different Spider-Mans. Wild.
2: All which have their different perks, but also all it could do things better. Now, well, I will say in terms of the military and historical war stuff that we've seen, I will say one show that I think did a very good job of doing exactly what Chris was talking about, and I know Hunter's watched it, is the Medal of Honor series on Netflix. It talks about stories that while they are heroic and people probably do know of them, Giving them a real life adaptation to specific Medal of Honor recipients that most people probably wouldn't have heard of. I think it's a great show and they did a great job. And understanding they can't make a whole movie out of this, but a nice one hour episode. I'm not going to lie, those well are
0: day. beer-jerkers.
2: Some of them are, man. Some of them are hard some to watch. Some of those uh, are
0: like, I, I'm not a person that typically cries too much or gets too emotionally attached to really much of anything. But so it was hard to watch and i was like damn it that's that hurts <laughs> that hurts me
1: hurts me um, in my soul there there's a good one if you want a a kind of tear jerky uh thing you you should definitely watch peter jackson's um they will never grow old which is the documentary that he made about world war 1 that uses all archival footage that's been like digitally re like enhanced and like yeah that's actually really good i highly recommend that Wait. um and, and I guess that kind of rolling into the historical
0: um, historical topic, since we can kind of lump this in in the historical topic, one thing that drives me fucking nutty, it drives me insane when I see this shit, is misuse of equipment. I hate that. I hate misuse Uh-oh. of equipment. And For instance, I don't like plot armor either, and I think I can kind of tie this in together. And one one perfect example... Of not of misuse of equipment, but of proper use of equipment is in The Mandalorian. If you've ever watched the Mandalorian TV series on uh, Disney Plus, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, totally recommend watching it. But his Beskar armor is a perfect example of proper use of equipment. He has he's he's covered head to toe in the shiny Beskar armor that is essentially blaster proof and he fucking uses it. He gets shot all the like, time. Like them Delta Squad guys, take it to the plate, keep going. <laughs> Tell him take it to the fucking plate and keep going. It's he gets shot all the time. He actually, there's been a few moments. Spoiler alert. There's been a few moments in the show where he essentially runs out and uses himself as a, a covering shield. fire yeah. shield. I'm going to draw all of their fire because it's really hard for me to die in this. Proper use of armor. If you're going to cover your character and from head to toe in armor, make it be for a reason. And And, you know,
2: I didn't, I didn't have this one on my list. And I, I, Chris didn't grow up in the same house we did, but I know Hunter will sentiment with this in terms of improper use of equipment. And I wish I would have thought about that. Fucking defibrillators. No one knows how to properly use defibrillators in cinema. I swear.
0: Yeah, that's accurate. They
2: are so poorly done in movies. It is ridiculous.
1: Oh, I, I can make the yeah. same. I can make the same thing when it comes to tanks, like tanks in media are either unkillable, unstoppable things that are that charge into the battlefield, unsupported, mind you. Which if any any tanker here listening to this is going to tell you that that's a very fast way to lose a tank. But yeah. you got, or they're basically pointless. Like they just immediately show up in the die.
0: Like like I said, misuse of equipment, it drives me insane. Um, I don't like it when armor is probably the easiest one to point at. It's like the Game of Thrones series is a is a pretty good example. There's like one scene that I can remember in all of the Game of Thrones series, right? That the when the Dathraki guy hits, uh, I can't remember the knight's name, but it's he's the one that's serving, um, Daenerys. He's the one that's it and also spoiler alert, but granted if you haven't seen it at this point, uh, go watch it. Is, um is I can't, it, he's the one that gets the that has the disease that ends up killing him. But he's it, um, in love with Daenerys.
1: Oh, I cannot remember his
0: name for the life of me. But he, not, He's not, wearing um, the plate the plate body and he gets hit with a slashing cut to the plate body from the Dothraki sword and he's like, Huh. And then proceeds to just absolutely axe the dude with his sword, and it's like proper use of armor. If if there if he's if there is no point in him having the armor, why is he wearing it? You know what what sucks though
1: about it's that kind is of that a the-
0: Chekhov's gun. I guess is the writing equivalent. If there's a gun in the drawer, it better fucking go off by chapter two.
1: So, if I remember correctly, that scene is from season one, isn't it? Oh man, you're
0: asking. It's been a long because time. Season I, I, one or two probably.
1: See what irritates me is um later on in the series they just completely drop that and swords just become lightsabers. Like there's a there's a scene I remember. Yeah, that's where, kinda
0: what I'm getting at is like swords become lightsabers, right? And they just start chopping people up. And it's kinda yeah. like, What the fuck? They're, they, <laughs> what's the it, point in the armor? they everybody's like, wearing chainmail and plate. What the fuck's the point of the armor if everybody just instantly dies? the minute the, the swords come out. Like take your armor off, you'd move a hell of a lot better. It's like
2: every gun in every action movie having bottomless mag cheat code. Have a have a brother <laughs> M9 shoots forty seven rounds without reloading. And then right when he needs the last shot, it's empty. It's like, oh, so he just shot 47 times before the one mag ran out. But
0: that's okay. also a really good example of what I'm talking about, right? Is yeah, dude is just shooting forever and never has to fucking reload.
1: Yeah. Well what? You, you know what's interesting though is Some films, sometimes the most random films have, like, like ridiculous historical accuracy or, like, ridiculous adherence to reality. Uh, One that I can think of, and I do not understand why this movie is so accurate with its stuff, is um, The Mummy from 1999. This is something that you probably won't know unless you're really into guns like I am. But well, that's uh, actually something I will. I do want to bring up after this, but I'll let you continue. Yeah, but um, every single gun in that movie is historically accurate. There, Like, there is not a single gun that I can think of off the top of my head, with maybe the exception being a couple of some of the guns in the background of some scenes. Like, there's a scene, I think, in the film where there's a bunch of charging, like, tribal warriors where there's a couple of mausers in there that are not they're a historical but i think that's because you really got to squint to see those but uh like 98 percent of all the guns in that movie are historically accurate down to the fact that they use the the right year of guns like there are no variants of guns that were from previous years again except for maybe a couple of mausers and why is this Remake of a B movie from, you know, from 1999, able to get basically it all correct when like no Hollywood film period piece seems to be able to do that outside of war movies and even sometimes war movies mess it up. Like, again, it's like the weirdest movies get stuff right when most things get it wrong.
2: Yeah, we've talked about improper use of equipment and I'll bring up another one to kind of segue into a, a different one that I have a problem with. Is like in the Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars movies with Disney, the scene where they take the Star Destroyer and out of nowhere, just use it as a fucking battering ram, which is not how Lightspeed works. So much so that in the next movie, they literally call out the fact that that wasn't accurate.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Literal- so this was actually, I guess for everybody that doesn't know, we- I had everybody kind of gather a list together of things we wanted to talk about. And this actually was on my list, retconning shit retconning versus milking, right? When to just let the story die versus when it's time to roll back on something, right? There are, I don't even know how many times there's- I'm not going to lie,
2: just by bringing up but... Disney Star Wars, I covered about half my list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, because I, I, I gave examples for what I was going to bring it up with and how I was going to segue. One of mine, I have it listed multiple times, over fanfare. Solo did it, All three Star Wars by Disney did it. You're completely fan
0: service. service. Interestingly enough, that was actually on my list. Same. That was on my list too. Dude, there's there's totally times that I'm like, fucking, take your hand off of my dick and let me watch the fucking movie.
2: Yes. And it's it is absolutely insane. Like Han Solo was always a bit of a smart ass. He was always a bit of a smart ass. But there's some scenes in the most recent Star Wars, I guess in episode seven, spoiler alert, uh, he isn't in the other two, but in episode seven you know he makes he makes some jokes that are just not Han Solo esque jokes, and they try so hard to make jokes. And they did the same thing in Thor: Love and Thunder. First watch, loved it, but after talking to my dad, who's much more of a comic book nerd than we were growing up, comic books have kind of died. But you kind of it kind of clicked with me. I was like, I'm starting to see why old people, older people, don't like this because Thor was never the
1: funny guy. They had Thor right in the first couple movies, and they've completely abandoned what Thor is supposed to be. What you're talking about isn't fan service; it's flanderization. That's a, that's a different thing, but that's actually a big problem. That's on my list. Flander- kind of like flanderization,
0: right, is like when you're watching that seventh movie, and they're constantly calling back to the fourth movie. Yeah, that's what. Yeah,
2: I'm, so- I, I, I'm talking about that. I'm kind of segwaying between the two, but they do it in Solo. I think more than any of them. Solo is fucking atrocious about fanfare.
1: Yeah, Flanderization though is really bad. You brought up a good point because, like I said, I was going to talk about Flanderization—boiling a character down to like their most basic traits and then just going whole hog with them. Because, like, a good—you brought up a good point with uh, Han Solo in the seventh film. It's like, I swear, it's like the writers just went, "Well, what he, what is he? Uh, smuggler." That's all they know that Han Solo is, so that's what they make him at the beginning of the film, even though it doesn't make any sense for him to be back to smuggling. But that's all they know him as, so they flanderize the character down to that basic trait.
2: But for that example, I think the better example for what you're talking about in that one is the concept that Luke Luke Skywalker, the man who fucking faced Darth Vader and the Emperor, is terrified of a 12-year-old boy because he had a bad dream.
0: Off with his head. He had a bad dream. It's time to fucking kill him. Yeah, let me... I
2: faced the fucking evil overlords of the galaxy. Let me kill this 12-year-old nephew because I had a bad dream. So I guess
0: I should just, like, warn anyone actually listening to this podcast. It's like, if you haven't figured it out, no one... I'm just going to go ahead and say no one in this podcast is a fan of 789. Really... I'm gonna say no one is a fan of any of the Disney Star Wars movies, with the exception of Rogue One. Rogue I was one about was to say I
1: like Rogue One. Rogue One gets a pass.
0: Yep, I, that's why I said with the exception of Rogue One. Rogue One is about the only one that's that is liked by this group. So I, I guess I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> if it's not, if it's not uh, clearly obvious,
2: which which also ties back into what you're saying earlier, it's continuation of things that shouldn't be continued. Why are we continuing with the Skywalker saga and the Skywalker series? When Disney got it, I wasn't against the movies. But why are we continuing with the Skywalker saga? Do something completely unrelated. The Old Republic, follow clone troopers, follow, go fucking either in the future or go further in the past. But why are you focusing and trying to go off of a story that's already been summed up?
0: So this segues really good into kind of what I was talking about is misuse of source material. Or not what I was talking about, but one of the One of the written that too. is
2: number three on mine. I hate people that don't use source
0: material. Miss it's or just misuse of it. Like yes. in my in the perfect example of what we're talking about here, right, is I have literally no issue with you using Star Wars as a source material. In fact, Disney using Star Wars as a source material, I love that. The Mandalorian, I love the Mandalorian. The book of Bo- the book of Boba Fett isn't wasn't my favorite, but it was all right. I've heard Andor is fucking great. I've heard Obi-Wan Kenobi. Though this Obi-Wan Kenobi, I guess I'm going to actually say kind of break some of the rules that I'm about to set for myself, but they did they treated it with such care. Or I guess the mo- the show's just called Ko- Kenobi, not Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's just called Kenobi. But the they treated it with such care that I don't I don't care. I'm I'm happy with what they did. And I guess it does break the rules I'm about to set and it doesn't. Because the rules for me when it comes to misuse of source material is I don't care if you're going to set a story in the universe of Star Wars, right? I'm I'm just gonna pick on Star Wars because it's I'm a big fan of Star Wars. It's an easy it's an easy target. Um I don't care Disney if you're you made set. it an easy target. Well, it's yeah. Accurate. But I don't care if you're going to set a story in Star Wars. In fact, I'll probably enjoy it if you do. But if you're going to set a movie in Star Wars, let's get it away from the big conflicts and the big roles of the main series entries, right? Like a good example is 7, 8, and 9. You could have made them prequels. I I, I don't know what you would have called them because the first ones were 1, 2, and 3. I mean, you could, I guess, call them Star Wars, The Old Republic 1, 2, and 3 or something. But setting them back in The Old Republic, where, as far as the main series entries, I know it would have made a bunch of gamers that played The Old Republic really mad, but sacrifices, I guess. Um, the Putting it back in The Old Republic, there's so many more characters and so much stuff that's going on that the general populace doesn't know anything about, and even the general fan base doesn't know Enough about to be super upset with playing in that era. It doesn't fuck with any of the characters. The only character that was even alive during the Old Republic was fucking Yoda. And he was like, I think at oldest 100 years old at this point.
2: And say, speaking to source material, like sticking to your source material, the beauty of going to the Old Republic is there's really only, once you made the movies canon, which I was okay with, it wasn't my favorite call, but I was okay with it. But you really only have. Two or three check marks that you have to keep in check in terms of source material if you want to go to the older public. You have to make the rule of two. You have to, you know, develop Sidious and killing. No, you don't even have to do the rule. You don't have to touch those. But what I'm I'm, what I'm getting at is, you have much less barriers and much less weights. Kind of like rock, it don't rock the boat. You have much less weight when you go back in the past or go way in the future where nothing's connected. Rather than just fucking continue,
0: you don't have to set it back in the past or in the future. You just have to set it to the side of the main. Conflict of you what's going on. Yes, you need to disconnect, yes, have to need disconnect, to disconnect from what the original series is, because if you don't, unless now you can can you can go back and run with the original series, right? I have no issues with that, but you have to treat it with the utmost care, or you're going to piss a ton of people off. Hence, seven, eight, nine. I mean. They all, oh, Everybody was mad about 789 because they felt that their beloved characters, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Leia, Chewbacca. Chewbacca, they felt that they had basically been neutered, treated like shit. They weren't acting like what they were supposed to act like. And if you're a writer, any inspiring writers listening, right? If you're writing a great way forward when you're talking about making... A TV show, a great fucking example, and I I actually talked to Chris about this last year, um, when they were talking about making the Halo TV series. I even said verbatim, "I hope they do not make it about Master Chief." I swear to God, not even fucking a week later, they dropped the Halo, they dropped the Halo uh
1: trailer and Master Chief is in it. I'm like, well, this is gonna be garbage. Couldn't even get through the first episode without taking off his helmet. Yeah, and that
2: that ties me into one of mine, is trying to adapt things into film that shouldn't be adapted. Uncharted, I love Uncharted. They shouldn't have made a movie. Yeah.
0: Most video game movies just don't have a right to exist, well, unfortunately.
1: We'll, we'll get to that one in a second, because I do have some point about adapting things I want to kind of get to before we move to that one, because I, I, I do agree. with. Well, that's a good topic. And I want to get talk about that. But about adaption when you're adapting a piece of material i mean essentially you just got to follow the rules right if the if there's in universe rules follow them
0: and make your own ocs and make the story that's
1: inconsequential to the main plot that's going on and have fun well like if you're making a if you're making an adaptation of something there is literally nothing to gain from going off of the script, except potentially making things worse. Now there are I have there are some adaptations that I have seen that are genuinely better than their source material. Usually for because they either trim the fat, they change things to make it actually better. Um, the, the best example I can think of, right I off the top of my head, I think we can all agree,
0: right, is that that is generally. Not the norm.
1: Yeah, no. Like, most of the time, whenever I hear insert, they're making an adaptation of insert thing, my first feeling is dread. I'm not going to be that guy, but when I heard that Amazon was adapting Warhammer into a TV series, my first thought was, oh, Lord. <laughs>
2: Oh, mine was the God of War series. When they said they were making a God of War TV show, I instantly was like, "This is gonna be shitty," but I'm gonna watch it just to see how shitty it gets.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. God of... So that's the other thing that I have. I've I've talked to people at work and stuff like that about is when you're making movies, you have to also understand, like, for instance, kind of what Chris is talking about the 40k universe. There's no reason that the 40, a 40k series can't be good it and and, honestly it should be really easy to write a really good 40k series but the problem is is when you start for instance if we're going to make the main characters space marines if you don't have a budget that is a monetary budget that is equivalent to a blockbuster film it's gonna
1: probably be dog shit well this is something i can think of where it's like there are some pieces of media that I can think of where it's like, it 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 boggles my mind about how they can make these things bad, because it's like, it, you shouldn't have, like, there shouldn't be a chance to mess things up. Like, you know, you bring up the, the 40k, right? There is such a wealth of things that you can draw on from the 40k universe that I genuinely doubt that if somebody was actually versed in the lore, actually knew what they were doing, there shouldn't be anything that you couldn't, like, grab a thing where it's like, well, we want, you know, strong female representation. You have the artists We want um, strong depictions of, you know, camaraderie and things like that. There's all sorts of things. If you want... Conflict. kind of going
0: back to what I was saying, right? It's like all you have to... because And even more so with 40K. Mm-hmm. 40K is all about role-playing. Literally. It's a, it's a role-playing strategy game. That's yes. where it started. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's,
2: that's what's beautiful and, about that is you can do
0: whatever. And all you gotta do is make your own story. It can literally take place on a podunk planet in the middle of nowhere that no one's ever heard of because you can make it up. It can feature... An art, what, whatever army you want it to feature. I mean, it needs, it, as long as it follows the established rules of, four, of 40K, you're good. You're Gucci.
2: And, yeah. and see, I think that's what makes 40K is you're able to do it. And so, kind of tying this all, I think this all kind of ties a little bit in, back to what I was saying about source materials. Like with God of War, you can't do that. It's not role playing. God of War's story has been cemented. We know it. You can't change it. If you change it, you're going to piss people off. And yes. now I think that we've all done our, we all in this group, I think have done our fair share of dunking on the Marvel cinematic universe, especially recently. But one thing I will say that actually I really enjoyed was in the most recent adaptation of Spider-Man, although it has been beaten into the ground. I love that they didn't even try to do his backstory because Tobey McGuire did parts of it, right? Parts of it wrong. The Andrew Garfield version did parts of it wrong and they did some other parts, right. With, with, Tom Holland's I love that they were just like you know the story we're not going to fuck it up because we either have to repent we have to either repeat or rinse and recycle what's previously been done or we can just not touch it because you know it and I think that's. But the problem is like when you do something like God of War or Uncharted you can't do that because it's already been written but you also can't move forward with it because then you're writing the future story I mean that's I think that that's your problem when you make movies about video games or comics or anything like that. Is you have to stick to the source material very hard.
0: I was gonna say that it, it, it's the Dark Knight approach, but technically that's incorrect because Batman Begins was the origin story. But with that said, you could go watch the Dark Knight. And never have to watch Batman Begin. Never have to watch Batman Begins and you would understand everything that's going on in the Dark Knight and it is a fucking still a fucking
1: fantastic movie. I still watch it at least once a year. Oh yeah, <laughs> one of
2: the best cinema pieces I've ever seen.
1: absolutely it's a fucking banger well uh uh, that could be on the point of like a good sequel can stand on its own two feet, regardless of whether you've watched any of its material but anyway well one thing i will say about like when you're adapt like choosing what to adapt one of the problems i have with like how hollywood seems to do this is they they tend to just pick whatever's popular right it's like or, or yeah. whatever they currently bought. The big thing is like, oh, well, we just recently got this, so we're just going to make an adaptation of it. Or or in the case of Disney, our licenses on this is about to expire, so we have to make something out of it or else it goes up – or else somebody else might, and we don't want that. So
0: so you know one thing that I'm I going to bring up, um, a slightly weird one, but I guarantee, I know that Chris will definitely have something to say about this and i might not use the right wording to really convey what i'm trying to say but i know chris will pick up on what i'm trying to say and it is improper grounding of your of
1: your story it yes world building is incredibly important and so like it, there there is a such thing as proper grounding every
0: story has to have a level of grounding even if the story is super far fetched there has to be some level of something right that the reader can attach to or the the the, the viewer the video game player what, whatever piece of media you're messing with i think this applies to all media right we're we're kind of focused on video games and tv and stuff like that but it applies to everything there has to be something that your reader can relate with he can identify some some form of rules that he can apply I guess he or she. It's not necessarily he, but I'm a he, so I'm going to go with he. Um, That he can apply and understand, right? There's, I think it's the rules of magic. I can't, not Magic the Gathering, but the rules of magic. I can't remember who made these rules of magic, but they, in other words, they need to have boundaries. M- good magic in a story has boundaries that are well defined and that you understand.
1: Yes. Well and otherwise,
0: I mean, why don't they just ass pull everything out of why does it magic they just pull
1: a magic ass pull and the problem is resolved. Yes. Um I mean grant uh world building is very important because without without proper world building and I'm about to ooh boy, I'm about to Alright, Star Wars, get ready. I'm about to go after you again. This is oh, one of the reasons he's gonna do it. This is one of the reasons why Episode Seven is terrible. The world building in that that film is just one? awful. No, it, it well because of Episode Seven's world building being absolutely ass, it makes all the other films by by default also absolutely ass in that department.
2: Like cancer, just once you started it just fucking it, spreads. It just
1: yeah, it it this is a, yes, unfortunately, bad world building is a cancer that can literally kill your story no matter how far in the they future you, you want go
0: about the first and second star Wars movies as bad as they are. They, they, they spent those two movies building world like a motherfucker.
2: Yeah. So I don't uh, even necessarily think that they're bad. So I have a friend who wants to rewatch them because I haven't watched them in a long time and they never like properly watched them. And I, I forewarned her. I said, we'll watch one and two. And I said, but if you'll make it through one and two, I promise three through six are phenomenal. And we watched one and two. And at the end of it, I said, those are kind of the boring ones. She said, I thought they were great. And I said, because you can – I, I kind of gave her the forewarning of like, yeah, they're slow. Yeah, they're a little hard to watch. But you have to pay attention to the nuances of what's going on in in you know the politics of it. And those set up three. So it's not that they're bad movies. It's that they're set up movies. How we ever, call this
0: second movie Attack of the Clones, and for three quarters of the movie, the clones don't attack shit. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. And I was like, and it's it's one of those, it's like, had, had Lucasfilm started with 1 and 2, if, say, the CGI was good enough that they felt they could do 1 and 2, I think Star Wars is a flop. But because they started with 4, 5, and 6, it allowed everyone to have that patience through 1 and 2. And everybody hated them, and they weren't, they're very well known as the worst of the first six. But Having grown up watching them, I can go back and watch one and two and pick up on things different every single time. And while they are slow, boring movies, I can respect what's the world that they're creating and the politics that are taking place. And it it makes three so much better, in my opinion, is what makes three better than five
0: oh man you just made a controversial oh, statement i just made a very, right.
1: made a very yeah. hot button anyway well one thing i will say is, like the reason why i think the reason why i think that works is because okay i have problems with the writing in one and two especially two but i will say the world building or the at least is the the world building is solid enough that it does carry a well into the third film but see that's the thing. That's important. Good world building can actually save a bad story because you can, you know, let's say you don't do too well with your first or your second, if your world building is solid enough you might be able to pull it back and save you in the third. The problem with the, the sequel trilogy 7 8 9 is the world building is so bad in the first of that trilogy that there's basically nothing 8 and 9 can do to salvage The the situation. And if 8 and 9 had really worked and tried to fix it, I think maybe you could have salvaged it with a lot of effort. But the thing is is that that's the problem with 7, is it just left it open to be worse. It did not set the groundwork to be better. It just left it open to be worse. Absolutely. They
2: just did such a bad job piecing things together, and it's like they expected the title of Star Wars to carry that movie and just threw out the whole concept of basic
1: cinema and basic story-making. And it, it, and, it breaks my fucking is, heart. That brings me fan. to one of my things, which was just in general, the, the blatant disregard for quality writing in a lot of areas where it, it and I'm seeing, I've been seeing this more and more with mostly the MCU and bigger franchises specifically where, the quality of writing is so inconsistent from film to film, whether it just be absolutely terrible or great or somewhere you know just mediocre. Just this, where it seems like there's no consistency with writing, especially with franchises. It and seems I, to be. Yeah, go ahead.
2: As I was saying about Spider-Man earlier, how I I loved what they did with Spider-Man. It seems that the MCU. And Disney with Star Wars, Disney, because not also on my list, Disney's monopolization. They own fucking everything. But it seems Disney specifically has tried to continue to do that with things. And some things you can do that with. With Spider Man, we know his background. But with Seven, Eight, and Nine, it's like they didn't do any world building because they expected it's Star Wars. You know the story. We're just going to start. And that's not how that works because we don't know the world. We don't know the story for this. You're building this story. And it's like they just said, fuck all to that. We're not going to build any story. But then they'll come out with a movie that's an absolute masterpiece where they build this perfect world. And then the next movie, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is a great example. The first one, fucking great. The uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness, god awful. They did no service to themselves. They wrote this beautiful story, created this beautiful world, created this beautiful creation in the Doctor Strange movies. And then it's like they just completely fucking threw out any concept of story writing. We're like, yeah, you know what's going on here, right? No, because you didn't do anything to to recreate it or to enhance it. You just, yeah, y'all know what's going on based purely on namesake. It's, it's like they just take the name of a movie or take the name of something. They're like, this will carry the fact that we can't write a story or build a world
0: for shit. And that annoys the hell out of me. Fair enough. I mean... I can't
2: argue. I mean it's at a certain point you've got to stop expecting the namesake or the title of something to carry your story and just do your job and just write a story and remain – even if it's going to be consistently mediocre. Remain consistent.
0: I mean that's, <laughs> the, that's literally the the definition of milking, right, is that they're hoping that because I slap Star Wars on it or because I slap Avengers on it, Marvel on it. And, and to stop picking on Marvel and DC and Star Wars for a second. They're the, I mean, they're the ones that are the most – they're the easiest ones to pick on. Oh, they're they the are, are but I think,
2: I think I can say one that tops it, and everyone in here will agree with me. Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. What, what oh, are we yeah. on now? What are we oh, on yeah. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed? 15? Yeah, what are we on? Step it up 89? Jesus Christ. How many of these are we going to fucking make?
0: Uh, Guitar Hero got that way after a while. They got it got stale. But now, I would love for a classic
2: Guitar Hero game to come out. It's been a while. You can re-release it and do kind of the same formula. But like Assassin's Creed, it, they've completely fucking neglected the story. Right. They started
0: I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. John Wick. Yeah, they've gotten carried yeah, away with John we're, Wick. We're getting, yeah,
1: no. Uh, yeah. John Wick. Well... The, I know uh, everyone loved it. I
0: I understand. But... What, what are we on,
2: the fourth movie now?
0: Something
1: like that. Yeah, it's... the. It, and I mean how many
2: how many people were gonna kill in the name of this
1: damn dog? Well 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 I, I want to point out and this is something I think about is like um <laughs> you've got you've got a lot of you've got a lot of films that really didn't need sequels but they yeah. just decided <laughs> to make sequels. <laughs>
0: yes, Hunter? I'm I'm still laughing. At that. I mean, at How many people are going to kill in the name of this damn dog? I
2: mean, I, I get it. Like, it was a dog. was <laughs> oh, like, just like, Taken to the same thing. They took my daughter. Okay, well, how many fucking times is one of your family members going to get taken? Seriously. When do we just put a fucking tracking device on your kid? Because clearly, they can't protect themselves. We're going to treat them like a fucking dog. We're going to chip this bitch. Dude, I mean, come on. Like, I love Liam Neeson
0: to death, but shit shit the bed what he, are you even visiting? Liam Neeson didn't not. want
1: to do more taken
0: films no, no, he, absolutely not he,
1: he fucking got taken didn't he in the third one yeah well let me let me point this out for a second it's like this isn't this isn't exactly new for Hollywood by the way oh no there were four dirty Harry films actually I think there might even been a fifth one like, there? exactly like this is like not eight I think it was lethal weapon eight
2: what was, the, uh, what I, was that movie I, that they kept the expendables how many fucking expendables movies do we need to see
1: yeah. I, think three well, I of mean, think about oh, good lord, how many diehard films have there been. The point is that Hollywood generally does this too much, but in this I mean, I, I know we've kind of just not gotten away from lack of creativity, which I know we started with the whole thing of let's not harp on the lack of creativity, but boy, have we uh have we gone on have we got lost in the sauce but on the, that one. I know you started with that one,
2: but I have my example for unoriginal like unoriginality in cinema. I haven't even pointed it out yet, but I guess I'll go ahead and do that since I brought it up now. Oh, we haven't even started. Okay. (laughs) We can just kind of come over this one because I think we've done a fair enough of shitting on these people. But DC and Marvel, and I'll even lump Star Wars into this because it's owned by Disney and they do the same shit with it. DC couldn't make a fucking movie to save their life. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was taken off. DC all of a sudden decided to do their new 52 in TV series with Arrow. Arrow was a huge success. Flash was a huge success. Out of nowhere, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like, hey, hey, we like this. What are we going to do? WandaVision. What are we going to follow that up with? Oh, Luke no, Cage. What are we no, going to follow that up with?
0: No, that's not yes. true. They started with Daredevil. Oh, As, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to talk- timeline <laughs> a little i
1: I I also want to say,
0: see, I think that that's important because Wandavision was okay. Daredevil was actually
1: good. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment to I'm gonna take a moment to kind of step back and say this here, but like the argument of like, oh well, if these are all started off good and then they got is like a lot of these were just mediocre at best, and we've kind of accepted, like we've tried to retroactively make them good or bad realistically we just gotta have to accept the fact that this superhero as like the superhero trend has gotten way out of hand it's oversaturated it has filled the market to the brim and it is actually starting to kill like kill itself okay so it as, other trend has also they've gotten even,
2: they've even brought this into star wars i mean yeah, oh, we, no, yeah. Okay. DC had a good run with TV shows, and we can't make a Star Wars movie for dick because we can't read the own fucking source material we have. So what do we do? Make TV series out of it until we get their trust back.
0: I'm and, gonna be that guy. Know other? Uh, what's the word? Trend has been oversaturated to the point of, like, nauseam. Operators. Operators. Oh, yeah. You know just, what I mean by that is, like... Navy SEALs, if you want to call them operators, Delta Delta, Delta Force, um, SEAL Team 6, or DEVGRU, CIA, operators.
1: Well, that actually, that actually I ties into... How many movies and TV
0: shows have come out recently that are about quote-unquote operators?
1: Or former operators, or current operators, or... Yes, um, just that, in general. It's almost
0: obnoxious how much...
1: How media
0: coverage these super secret groups of military
1: fighters have. Well, I'm going to be that guy. It's like it's a lazy writing technique of name how many main characters of modern TV shows can be summarized as former operator former CIA, former FBI, former NSA. Name drop
0: Delta Force, this is why he's badass.
1: Yes, it is a lazy, lazy technique to make a character badass without having to actually do anything to make him badass. It's just why can he do everything? Well, he was an operator. Well, it's like I said
2: earlier. It's it, you let the name, you let the namesake carry your story because you're too fucking lazy to write a story and build a world. It's easy. It's a cop out. It's we start this and why can he do this because he's a
1: SEAL. Like can we please have cops who are just cops? Like like remember when cop shows like the main character was just a good cop? Like you he didn't have to be a former NSA, black ops, special forces guy to and that's why he's able to do everything perfectly. He was literally like, I just understand a that cop. Yeah, like I understand that that's not every show, but like there's a lot of shows where that's like the norm. It's like why is this guy awesome we're not even gonna make we're not even going to go through the effort to show you why he's awesome or anything we're just gonna episode one he's awesome because he's former you know
2: it's like applying for a job and just putting one fucking thing on your resume just writing something on a piece of paper and sliding that into your resume
0: i'm gonna go ahead and like jar this conversation a little even though i feel like this ties in here it's just a weird place it tied in better with the superheroes but one of the other things that really does drive me fucking nuts is power scaling, and the oh or the God. lack
1: thereof. Yeah,
0: like I, I could I could spend fucking three days talking about this. I love Dragon
1: Ball Z. Don't fucking oh get me God. wrong.
2: How
0: fucking out of hand are we
1: going to get? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no, but like no, you you got a good point under like power scaling is an issue even in media where it shouldn't be. Like I said, a good example. You have a, it, here's a cop. He's super cop. He's super cop because he's got, you know, this long, li- he's got a, he's got a resume that looks more like a shopping list, right? He's
0: got a resume that only the CIA could love. And
1: so to the point
2: that they like contradic- contradict themselves. It's like hmm. he was a Navy SEAL while also being in the Coast Guard, while also being a detective, while also being in Black Ops. while like, the thing why this motherfucker
0: is this overqualified and we still hired him. Yeah, well, my,
1: my question is also why is he not like eighty fucking years old? Because unless he spent like six months in each of those, he he really has like because that that's from, the thing. Right. It's like these are these are group like you might have a guy who well, is, like
0: shouldn't have been hired because he can't hold a stable job. <laughs> exactly. Dude's had,
1: seven, dude's had seven
2: overlapping careers in intelligence in the military, and some of which he literally physically and do do legally could not do most of these together, especially not at the same time. Guys like thirty-two and retired after being KGB, Navy Seal,
1: Spetsnaz—like, it makes no fucking sense. Well, like, yeah. it gets really bad because there's. Um, this is actually something that was getting really problematic with uh, Arrow after a while, where like, good lord, how long Arrow. did he actually spend on that island? Because he keeps talking about all the things he did, but you we're like,
0: se- we're se- we're seven seasons in, and we're still fucking having flashbacks we ain't seen about that goddamn island. Oh yeah, it's God. like,
1: th- this is one of those things where it's like, this goes back to one of the problems with writing a character where you don't know what you're doing with them, and you have to keep, like, building the character, like, as you go, and this goes back to inconsistent writing, and that's a big problem I have with it, because you can definitely tell where a they clearly have not actually thought anything through, so they're having to do it as they go, and this is one of the reasons why oftentimes these characters are just described as Former, uh, you know, former operator, because it's an easy fill in the blank for whenever you need to pull something out of your ass for why he was able to defuse a bomb, even though he has no training for that. Oh, he was an operator. That's clearly something they do, even though. I mean, what you know, whatever happened to the motherfucker just got lucky. Yes, and well, like one of my one of my favorite examples of how you can do this and do it well is actually some of the earlier, um, some of the earlier. Like I mean, it's kind of I could
0: agree it's I could agree it's lazy writing, right? But that's literally when you're talking about the Halo series, how they wrote away why Master Chief was so fucking good at what he does. He's just fucking
1: lucky. Yes, exactly. He's not. He's he is middle of the road in terms of what a Spartan like. They basically make a point that as a Spartan, he's pretty well middle of the road. But he he has.
0: There's nothing special about this guy as far as Spartan twos are concerned. He just—everything seems to fucking go right for this motherfucker. Exactly. That's,
2: that's one thing that, like, I know Hunter agrees with this sentiment. I'm sure Chris does, too. But one reason why I could never get on board with Superman. He's fucking perfect. He's perfect. You watch a Superman movie, you know the outcome. Why? Because he can't oh fucking Oh, my
0: fucking God. Here we fucking go. I don't know how many times I've had this conversation. I fucking hate— superman
2: yeah and while he's not a recent you know this isn't a recent issue this is source material this is from the comics and this is correct it shouldn't have been written that way in the first place it's, i don't give a f-
0: he's fucking fuck what anybody perfect. says superman should have been homelander if you've ever watched oh, the yes, boys, fuck yes fuck homelander yes Homelander is superman or is what superman should have been have, yes absolutely is, I,
1: I i will say that i one of okay, so I'm going to be on the defensive here for Superman. You're when he lose, but I as a one uh, <laughs> one of the best things about Superman is when he's written when they actually know what they're doing when they're writing him. It's ta- it's it's focusing on the humanity rather than the actual superpowers. Because one of the best things about Superman is having a godlike character who is down-to-earth, who does actually care and try and be the best person he can, not because he, not because he's told to or he's obligated to, but just because that is the right thing to do. And one of the best examples of this is All-Star Superman, where Superman finds out, and this is spoilers, but where he finds out he's dying, and rather than... Basically, you know, mope and complaint, he still does his job. He still goes out and saves people. He still makes sure that the day is saved. And at the end of the day, when it's time for him to go on, one of the last things he does is to basically make sure that people like Lex Luthor, who want his power, who seek his power, understand what that power meant and why he was import why it was important more to be human than powerful. And no, this is what and that's totally one of the reasons. I agree that the where Superman is written, where Superman lives and dies,
0: right, is it's in the mind game. It's in what it means to be a person and what not just what it means to be a person, but what it means to be a good person. And I think where Superman struggles, where where you lose me with Superman, right, is when Superman doesn't have any moral complexity to him whatsoever. It's a, it's a black and white, this is what's right, so this is what you do, and he comes across as a fucking Jesus allegory that just drives me insane.
2: And see, the best Superman stories, though, they're not Superman stories. They're more Justice League stories or, or like Flashpoint, something where he is corrupted or compromised morally. When and I know a lot you... of
0: people will throw shade at me because I like Batman, but back to if you're Batman, if you're writing Batman and you do not write a Batman that can be seen hugging a little girl and telling her it's okay in her final moments of dying, you did not write the correct Batman. Well,
1: correct. I, I mean that's that's kind of the thing with like uh, one of my favorite parts about All Star Superman, which is. Even though he's dying and actually only has hours to live, he takes time out of what little he has left to actually save a girl who's contemplating suicide because she thinks nobody cares about her. He literally goes out of his way to make sure that she understands that, yes, people do care, and that just because they can't be here now doesn't mean that they can't always be there at some point. And that's kind of the thing is like, because he basically, this is the thing we're in. I I think the biggest thing we're trying to get at here is between the two with Batman, Superman, really any superhero is you have to highlight their humanity because I think some of the worst Batman stories have the same problem as some of the worst Superman stories is when they,
0: he essentially becomes the punisher that doesn't kill people.
1: Yeah, it's like, I think when some of the best superhero stories are when they highlight their humanity. And even some of the, like, one of my favorite exchanges between Superman and another superhero is from the Injustice comics, where Superman and the Flash are having a game of chess and they're talking about guns. It's a great scene, because both characters are in their element. Both are geniuses. Both are, well, they're actually having this game at super speed, but, you know, anyway. Point is, is both of them are having a decent conversation with a lot of logic. Superman is viewing it strictly from the perspective of emotion, which he typically is a person who likes to think about things the best that it could be, a world, a perfect world is one of the things that he likes to think about. Whereas the Flash is cold, log- uh, logical, and focusing only on the what just the, yeah the this basically the logistics of it, right and. The what makes that, and while I have a lot of problems with the way that Superman is written in the Injustice comics, uh, because they, in a lot of ways, they just kind of hamstring uh, him into that position to basically because I guess he's the most intimidating character, so that's what we have to work with. But the scene works because both characters are in their elements and. The funny thing about the end of that scene is where Superman basically says, "You're not going to help me, are you?" And Flash just out directly to his face says, "No." And in that scene, Superman doesn't force Flash, or he doesn't—you know—he doesn't punish Flash for that. He just simply walks away because, in a way, he's been bested, but also in another way, he still had a point. Again, superheroes need—I think the reason why superheroes need their humanity more than any is because the fact that they are regardless of their superpowers. I mean, they're people. Yeah, they're people. They need that. If you're, and-
0: not, if you were, if you're essentially a Jesus allegory, right, and you're, you're perfect in every way, shape, and form, and you have no flaws, it's really hard for an audience to relate with you. Which is an why audience- I say
2: Superman's best stories are when you see the chinks in the armor, and he'll never have a chink in his armor in terms of performance. It's, it's morally. When he becomes even slightly morally or emotionally corrupt, those or, are the stories that defeated. stand out. Or him. I
0: mean, that's literally, uh, if I remember correctly, that's how some of his villains have beaten him is by morally destroying him.
2: When Joker kills Lois Lane. I mean, that's a perfect example. That That is Superman the way that he should have been written. It's, you're never going to beat him hand to hand. You have to emotionally and morally corrupt him. And a lot of times they don't allow that to happen they act like superman not only is he a god in terms of you know phys- physicality but he's emotionally uncorruptible and that's one reason why i think it's very poorly written it's such plot armor that you can't it
0: perfectly make- ties into kind of one one of the things that i want to talk about and and it also drives me insane right when we're talking about power scaling and what i and kind of what i'm getting at i guess with power scaling is There is more than one way to up the fucking ante, okay? We don't have to make the next bad guy able—I'm going to pick on Dragon Ball Z. We don't have to make the next bad guy be able to destroy the fucking planet, and the one after him can destroy the universe, and the one after him can destroy the multiverse, right? It doesn't have to get that silly, okay? It is okay for our character to grow intellectually, to grow tactically, to grow— emotionally to grow in ways that maybe right um i think that my hero academia actually did a pretty good job about this in the earlier seasons and the later seasons were kind of just i'll be honest we're kind of upping the ante through power scaling but at the in the beginning right um deku can't fight he, he can't fight the same way everybody else does because he destroys his body. So he has to get smart. He has to get clever. He has to fight with the limitations that he has on his body. He has to fight around those. He has to find a way around those, even even if that means I've only got you know one shot with my arm, and if I break my arm here, I can't fucking use it. So I got to not break it here. I got to break it in the right place. That's one thing I think Evangelion does really well. The fact that you get hurt limits what you'll do. It adds a it adds a a mental that, aspect. As a martial artist, right? My, from my perspective, fighting is a thinking man's game. It sounds really weird. It's a very fast thinking man's game. You got to think quick, but it's a thinking man's game. You have to know what needs to be done next and what you can do to revo- to provoke a certain type of response from your opponent when i do this my opponent is going to do one of these two or three things and i need to have an answer for that when i do it and when he when he reacts there is a level of thinking a level well, and i'm trying i'm kind of honing in on like fighting anime movie tv shows superheroes cuz that's kind of what we're talking about You don't have to make the next bad guy bigger and stronger, but making the next bad guy smarter, making him more emotionally manipulative, making him... There is more than one way to exploit a weakness, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be, I am stronger than you and can beat you up. Maybe it's that they never get in a fistfight at all. Some of the best Batman stories and comics come from where Batman never physically gets in a fight with anybody. He's being a detective. Riddler. The Riddler series. The the Riddler Riddler problems. Portion of Batman's story is some of the better parts because he's doing the one thing that makes him really good as a superhero. He's I think that's what what makes Batman so great is
2: like his villains aren't pushing him to be bigger, faster, stronger. The Joker's not a physical threat the joker is a moral threat it's a it's a how fucked up can i get you moral
0: well he pushes his code right i mean that's yeah. the whole thing is that if you won't kill me i'll keep killing people people
2: and i think dragon ball z does that very well because they do get more complex intellectually and the power scale doesn't necessarily skyrocket i think where they've lost it is in super and one thing i Love about it is like tn tn in the early Dragon Ball Zs, all of his moves hurt him. So he has to be strategic on when he uses them and sometimes his
0: emotional. I guess that's somewhat fair because I like Frieza ever... could destroy Namek and I guess Cell could technically destroy Earth. However, I don't think anyone can argue that at the end of Dragon Ball Z, that Boo was 100% a galactic threat.
2: Now, but my point is, is like Frieza's was power.
0: Looking back from Super, though, you realize that Boo wasn't a threat because Beerus is a thing. Oh, but that's a, yeah, that's a whole other can of can of potatoes for a different glass of milk, if you will.
1: I, I do want to I want to take a moment and and like pull this conversation before we get into something. To do. I think one of the things that I I want to talk about, and one of the reasons why I think these stories work and don't work at the same time sometimes, is because when they work in their own universes, but don't work in their others. Because, like, I think let's be honest here, um, Joker is a terrible villain in the Batman, in the Batman universe, and has been getting progressively worse. And when I say terrible, I'm not meaning that he's a bad person. I mean, like, the writing for him is getting progressively worse to the point where he's becoming... Well, basically, a super villain in the thing. It's like, oh, like, he's got plans on tops of plans on tops of plans, it, basic immortality because, it, oh, you killed me. Well, there's another one. Like, the point is, it's like, I, I hate the Joker. Like, it, all the hate that you have towards Superman, I have towards the Joker. He is, like, my least favorite Batman villain. I despise what the comics have done with him by ba- almost to the point where they have made him basically. A, a trickster god i mean they have pretty much turned him into a godlike character that basically can never be stopped because even if he does die because someone is smart enough to cap him oh he has contingency plans that basically mean that he's immortal now yeah that's a thing in the comics and has been for a while well, And see that kind of talks but, to things like, like power scaling i mean yes like but one of the things i will say is like batman is fine when it's just batman Superman, in my opinion, is fine when it's just Superman. It's when you try and cross these over, because, like, I'll be honest, I don't like stories with Superman interacting with the Justice League as much, because usually the problem I run into is they either have to bend Superman's character or they have to bend his powers. When it's just Superman fighting Superman's characters, like, a good example, Doomsday can kill Superman. We know how powerful Doomsday is. How come, or how can Wonder Woman take a punch from uh, Doomsday when we know yeah, they just... kind of
0: argue though that that Wonder Woman is not as powerful as Superman, but we do know that she's up there she's, with him.
1: She is really strong. Yes. Okay. Demigod, here's the I, thing: I, mean, I have there have been comics where Batman has been punched by Doomsday and did not turn into a red mist.
0: I can't argue that. I don't I can't know. argue
1: that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, but see, these are problems, right, where it's like, I think when they're in their, their own universes, and I'm, I am going to count them as universes because, yes, there's crossover, but you, a lot of times the crossover is done at basically at the uh, detriment of these particular universes. Because a good example that I can think of is, we want Batman to beat Superman, okay? You have a lot of problems to, to address to do that, and you have to go through a lot of hoops. And you basically have to turn su- – uh, you either have to really nerf Superman or you have to buff Batman to a ridiculous degree to get that to work, which I, I think is one of the, the
2: – comics wrote that perfect because
1: Batman has the greatest superpower of all, money. The problem is, is that, like, basically the- – I don't know. This
0: is where <laughs> I get – this is where I struggle because I agree that Batman has the most powerful, most powerful uh, superpower of all, right? He's got money but on the other side of that I do struggle because there's really no I think they could have I think they could have written it in a way that Batman still won but in a manner that he wins in a manner that is more Batman like because they, I mean he in the comics and in the in the TV in the not the TV series the the movie right he basically creates this giant hulkbuster armor. Suit of armor like what Iron Man has, and he fights Superman hand to hand. Where in reality, what probably should have happened outsmart is, him. is outsmart him. Batman yeah. should have basically outsmarted him and stabbed his ass with a piece of kryptonite.
2: Well, and it, I That's believe really it was a comic where he happened. shoots him with a low caliber kryptonite bullet, and basically it lodges in him and takes his powers away until it's removed.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean the the thing, but again, this goes back to. What, the problem you run into when you when you have these characters and you have this well, it goes back to inconsistent writing right it's like we have to have these things work in a way that we can't just get rid of them so like a good example i i the state of villainy in media is problematic because a good example right it's like a character just can't be evil just to be evil right One of the reasons why people seem to really like, the uh, I don't know if you've seen the new Puss in Boots movie, but Jack Horner in that film, people really like him because he's just evil to be evil. He's not written to have some backstory that makes him, I mean, they they give a very brief explanation of what his childhood was like, and it was fine.
0: What you're arguing is what happened to the Because I Fucking Can. But see, here's the thing.
1: Not every villain needs to be one or the other. There seems to be this polarity where, like, a good example, Joker can be evil just to be evil, but he also needs to be, like, I guess this is the problem of having to have these stories be so continuous, where you have a character who's evil just for the purposes of being evil, but you also need a character that has a count, that c- gets comeuppance. Like, a good example, you can't have a character who's evil for the sake of being evil, and then have him go on for 50,000 episodes because that would get old. Well, I think that's
0: literally the point of the laughing joke, right? I mean, or the killing joke. Killing joke. The killing, that's... The whole point of that movie is that... And, I guess, comic series is that Batman... The comic is
1: much better. The movie really fucked things up, but I'm not getting into that.
0: Is that Batman gets to a point that... I think that really kind of highlights the moral complexity that me and Ethan were talking about earlier with the Joker is... The Joker is... A force that is going to continue to fucking kill people and he's going until someone puts his ass down, it doesn't stop, which is a direct. It it clashes directly with Batman's moral code, right? Batman will not kill people. And if and you Joker is so fucked up and doing so many horrible things that you could argue
1: not killing him. Is morally wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, the same. uh, The thing that's interesting is Superman has the same. Like I know it's not harped on as much for Superman, but like he pretty much has the same moral code. And I love it because there's a a point where he says both both characters have basically said these exact things. Where it's not because they don't want to; it's because it's too easy. In the case of Superman, it's too easy. Of course I could stop every person instantly all at once, right? But that's too easy, and that's wrong, right? For someone with my level of power to just go around killing people that... Especially when they're no threat to me. With Batman, and this highlights the fact that Batman is also mentally unstable, it's the, where does it stop? Okay, he takes out the Joker. Well, well, the next time Two-Face takes a hostage, well, why not him? I mean, we can all agree that Two-Face is actually yes, he's killed a lot of people, but he does have a severe mental condition that does need to be addressed at the same time. like It's the when does it stop? And so it's like one of those things where I can kind of see why it doesn't work with some villains and it shouldn't work with others, and I think I honestly would think if you could do a Batman story right, it would be that Batman, for whatever reason, finally loses it and then basically would throw himself in jail because this would be the only thing that could stop him from just going out and killing everybody. There is a comic that I think addressed that really good, and I don't remember the comic's name. And I don't, I've i got the picture of a scene where like, there's a Batman literally covered in blood talking to Bruce Wayne and basically doing the... You know, Bruce Wayne, like, it'd be so easy. Or the the Batman is like, it'd be so easy. And Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, but when does it stop? I don't remember what comic that is, but that's a perfect example. But again, I I think with inconsistent writing plus bad villains, you get these recipes for disaster in these stories. And I think that's one of the reasons why this kind of inconsistent writing really gets under my skin. But just to kind of move the conversation along, because we've been really on this for a while... I think we kind of look at one of the biggest problems, and I think that—I don't know. How long have we been talking? Uh, a little over an hour. About an hour, an hour
0: and—going uh, on
1: hour 20 minutes, hour 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I think if we could boil—just to kind of end the inconsistency and in the writing thing down—is— Writers really need to take a step back with whatever franchise or piece of media or whatever they're doing and kind of reflect on the grand total and where the future is. Because I think, like I said, the problem I have with things like Joker and how they've written him in the more recent comics is they've effectively almost made him immortal. They basically have made him into almost a godlike character that basically it doesn't matter if you stop him because he had plans on top of plans on top of plans which is, I mean, a meme in and of itself as a copy of Batman who does the same thing, but I never really saw the Joker as being literally Batman but crazy. I know that that's something that's been more recently adapted onto him, but, I mean, previously he was just a guy dressed as a clown who did try basically to, you know, rob banks and... Terrorize a city. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, it's a more recent thing where now all of a sudden he is Batman but Clown themed. So, also another thing. I know we're trying to end this conversation, so we move on to other things. But, like, can we get can we get like an idea of where <laughs> where some stories get their like overly edginess when it comes to like stupid power scaling? Like, like the Batman who laughs one. I I mm. I hate that. I hate, absolutely hate that character. It's like, oh. Batman, If you had Batman skills with Joker's mind, you would have literally the most powerful character in the universe. If that ain't an absurdity, if that ain't an over uh inflation of a character's ego, I don't know what is. It's like, oh yeah, if Batman had Joker's moral compass, he would be literally the most powerful being in the universe.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, but, yeah. I know it's, I know it's been a minute since we touched it, but it was something I was going to say earlier, like you we were talking about you hate crossovers because somebody has to get nerfed or somebody has to get buffed. I don't disagree with you there. And I think one, we talked about Dragon Ball Z a little bit. I think that's their problem is they upped one person and they kept upping them and they kept upping them. And that's fine. If you want to keep upping Vegeta and Goku or Gohan, that's that's one thing. But it's gotten to the point now where they're like, okay, well now we got to bring these old characters because these characters have gotten stale. So how do we bring all these others up to the point that now we have Orange Piccolo, and it's Black Frieza who literally nobody can touch, and it's like, when does it stop? When does it stop? Like That's one thing I kind of disagree with you on about crossovers, is like, yeah, it sucks that somebody has to get buffed and somebody has to get nerfed, but I think if you just keep buffing, you run into the same issue that Dragon Ball Super's run into, where it's like, how many people do you bring along with you? How many people do you keep finding a way to buff them and buff them until we've gotten to the point of just, this is no longer a earth threat or a, a galaxy threat or a universal threat. This is just downright stupid. It's, I mean, it's like Gern Lagan. We're fighting on the fucking universes. We're fighting on galaxies.
1: Well, I mean, I just would point that out is that that could be fine in your own universe where absurdity and stupidity can reign, but uh, it's it really it's a problem when it gets into other universes where that is not the norm. Like yeah, Gern Lagan levels of ridiculousness would not be okay in Star Wars because that's not the norm for that yeah. series. Yeah, but, uh, Yeah, anyway, so I guess um, kind of move the thing along to another point. Um, This is kind of not on the topic, but I think it kind of goes with uh, the thing of pet peeves, is one of the problems I've been running into a lot with media is um, an over-reliance of source material to get into series, and I know we were talking about messing with the source material, but, like, there's a there's actually an opposite problem with that, where a game or a fran- uh, TV series or, or a movie franchise requires too much source material to actually be enjoyable. Like, let's be honest here, if you actually wanted to sit down and watch a modern MCU film, you'd have to go back through good lord, who... Yeah, we
0: we've talked about this at work, actually, and it's like... For you to catch up, and for you to just watch Endgame, right? it's Something like twenty-three movies. It's yeah, a yeah. Lot. yeah, yeah. And that's not considering any source material outside. If you wanted to understand a little more about what's going on, if you just want to watch the MCU, we're talking twenty-three fucking movies worth of. Um, I could be miscounting. I, like I said, somebody might fact check me it,
2: somewhere. It's but... well
1: over a dozen.
0: Like,
2: but I mean, that, that, no you're way. talking you're talking over fifty hours of just sitting down and watching movies. That's two days straight of watching movies just to watch the last one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's not even like there's there's some things where it's like there's giant plot holes in certain movie in some of those films that are only explained because of a TV series. Like a good example, why did like where Fury shows up with the helicarrier in uh, Age of Ultron like out of nowhere? It's like uh, how would you know? that just kind of comes across as an asshole. it's like oh but if you watch season blah 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 of agents of shield you know where he was that whole time and why he just shows up at that point it's like yeah the the point is is that i don't want to have to go re- go watch a whole season of a show which means i'll have to rewatch all the other seasons just to know why fury just shows up out of the blue with helicarrier right it's like th- that's a bigger problem i think with a lot of stuff and it's it it's actually infected a lot of things where um a good example i can think of and i'm a big halo fan but uh halo 4 was terrible about this a lot of things about halo 4 and 5 don't make any sense unless you've read the tie-in book series that came out around the same time and the problem is is like there was like three books for, that's like six books you'd have to read just to kind of understand the backstory for 4 Four was the worst about that. There was, like, six books you would have to read, and some of them weren't even out when the game came out. I think it was only, like, one of the Forerunner Saga and two of, the, um, two of the Spartan stories were out at the time, meaning, like, there was a lot of it that was still missing, meaning until those books came out, you wouldn't really have known. So, like, sometimes it's actually the opposite problem where the source material is bogging down your enjoyment.
2: Yeah. And I think this is kind of one of my last points and it's, it's a minor one. It's not going to be a big topic one, but I think Disney's really bad about it because that promotes their streaming service. If you want to know what's going on, you have to stay up to date and stay watching this constantly. And the only place you can watch it is Disney plus for the cheap price of blah, 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 blah a month. And one reason why I, I, I love streaming services, but I also hate them because realistically both of you, when was the last time you went out of your way to go to the movie theater and watch, say, a Marvel movie?
1: Uh, that's Endgame. a hell of a question. Endgame. No, that's an easy one for me. Endgame. Uh, it's been more recent than that for me. Um, Like, I, I basically have had no interest in anything MCU since Endgame, because to me, it's like, why? Why bother? It's over. The story to me was over. Get it really Marvel feels like... maybe. What? Captain Marvel, maybe. Oh, you, you, I could talk about. Yeah, that's a. You talk about retconning things. Goodness gracious, that film. But
2: really, my, my point being run sure. my pet peeves is with the streaming services. It, like, I, I can tell you, the last Marvel movie I went and watched in theater was. I'm one of my buddies. May have just we were sitting around the house bored one day and he's like, you want to go watch 11 thunder rather than wait the extra week for it to come out on Disney plus. And we went and watched it just because we were in town and it was something to do. But before that, I couldn't tell you because at this point it's it. Why would I go to the movie theater when I can just wait a week and it'll be at my home. And I think that kills movie theaters. And I know Hunter and me both went, I mean, it was a consistent thing when a movie came out, we went to theaters to watch it. I feel like we've killed movie theaters. And that was one of my favorite enjoyments was going to the movie theater and watching
1: something on the big screen. Those well, are I my think, favorite um, things to do. I think, well, both of us, I think what I could agree here is both my point and your point could just be summed up as over-monetization. Like, yeah, D-
2: Disney's monetization and monopolization.
1: Yeah, it's like um, they desperately want you to not just take part in the thing. They want you to take part in the everything that goes yeah. along with the thing.
0: I think yeah. more and,
1: than just the everything or the thing, they want you to take part in
0: their thing
1: yes God, yes yeah it's it yes we want you to buy our game but we also want you to buy the like six books that add on to the game but we also want you to buy all this dlc and oh hey look uh, hey look we're making a uh, tv series but you can only watch it on this streaming service that costs 7 a month
2: or so just like, releasing incomplete games and making you pay for dlc to finish it or fix their fucked up ending it's mass effect 3 i'm looking at
1: you hey at least that dlc was free i guess i'm gonna I'm going to elect to not speak about that. That uh, is a that's a different plate of cookies for a different
0: glass of milk. That's a different <laughs> fucking turd for a different fucking toilet bowl.
2: Or or, or if we don't want to tackle a giant quite that big. I mean, Battlefield. We can touch on it. Any EA game that's been released in the last ten I mean, years. That,
0: that could the 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 decline of video games, or or maybe Quality. not decline, but the. Where video games were when we were growing up, where they are now, right? That's a that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast topic in and of itself. Yeah,
2: that. <laughs> and we, I'm not gonna let's lie, save I do that have for
0: next week. When... I do have
2: more points on my list of things I hate in media, but I've purposely not brought them up because of their relation to video games is like another hours worth of conversation. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I, I could make a vote for let's save that for next week and. Because, I mean, we've already gone pretty long on this one, so I think we...
0: Oh, yeah, this is definitely one of our longer... This is this is our longest podcast by a bit. We're we're about...
1: We're getting close to about an hour and a half. So, yeah. with that, uh, I guess we could kind of... Wrap this or, up, unless somebody has up. any... Yeah, wrap well, up, I mean, up.
0: Yeah, I guess, if, I guess if you guys want to...
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, so I mean we could keep I, going, but uh, someone's going to have to sit down and edit this and... Uh, yeah. Is, but uh, also, that's, I mean,
0: also, how much
2: longer do we, do we need to dunk on Disney's over monetization and monopolization, Marvel and DC's copycatting of each other, and their inability I to really write proper it. stories? Fucking Disney ruining, ruining
0: Star Wars. What do you say? I can't oh. wait to get cease and desisted. I was oh saying,
1: yeah. Hey, wait. DNR, bro. Hey, I'll put it this way: at least we didn't actually dare play any clips, sound bites, or v- images because that would have brought down the wrath. God forbid Disney doesn't hire 8
0: million employees just to make sure no one talks bad about them. This poor man hours. We ain't got money for that shit.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but like I said, (sighs) oh boy, I mean... I do like the fact that I opened, I opened this by saying we're not going to talk about the thing that everybody else talks about, and boy, did that go wrong. Well, I, don't I, mean, know. Better,
2: I mean, I think we covered a good bit of topics, but I think all those topics can kind of fall into it because that was literally one of the first things on my list.
1: Yeah, I mean.
2: I mean, all these, all these tie into your initial statement.
0: Well, guys, I, I, with that said, I think let's wrap this up and close this thing out. Yeah, I so, agree. For any listeners out there, you can follow us on Twitter at Pod. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you have any suggestions on things you want us to talk about, maybe you just want to interact with us. Give us a tweet. Let us know. We'll be happy to respond. Outside of that, I guess we can call this thing done. Have a good morning, evening, night, afternoon, whatever fucking time it is out there for any of you guys listening. This is the boys signing off, and we'll say goodbye to all you strangers out there.